0: Okay, today we're going to be talking about being ashamed about what we do. That's a more, uh, relevant... <laughs> 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 we're talking about Averis. <coughs> yeah, yeah. But oh. well, Which part? What's it again? We're on page Lamed. Perik Chavdalot. Chavdalot, yeah. The end of an Avera. Sorry? The end of an Averi, the beginning of a new Averi. <laughs> which page is it on that one? Lamed. Page Lamed. Oh, page? Lamed. Hey, lam- 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 top, yeah. or good, 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 good. How many lines? We're, we're three Go. lines from the bottom. Three lines from the bottom. Yeah, where it says Vahefrish, She'edsla. Yeah, okay. So last week we spoke about that every avera that we do constitutes the ultimate separation from Hashem. When we do an Ave, when a person does an Aveira, that person is more separate from Hashem than Klippa and Avezara because all of those entities they never they consider themselves thank you very much they consider themselves to be a and an independent entity, which is why it's klippon, which is why it's, it's avedazara. But they also recognize Hashem's authority, and they would never defy Hashem. When a person actually defies Hashem, and does something different, worse. then that person, as we mentioned last week, is worse. Not, it's, we're not talking about chitzoni Yisrael Ratzin, we're not even talking about the, the Ratzin. This is against Hashem's Ratzin. <coughs> mm-hmm. And that's why, Chazal say, ain't Adam do, ever avera ella in bairu doing an avera is a foolish thing. Why is doing an avera a foolish thing? Because if we were sensitive to what we were really doing, we would never do an avera. Every single one of us over here is willing to give up our lives, not to be separated from Hashem. So how can we do an avera because of a silly little enticement? It's a sh'tus. It's not being true to who we are. It's not what we want. It's not, uh, we want to be connected to Hashem. It's, sab- it's self sabotage. That's really what an Aveda is it's insanity. So, why do we do Averas? That's what we're going to learn inside right now. <coughs> Again, this is based on the Maimar Chazal. That and the, that Mammer chazal is talking about a woman who was suspected of adultery. So it says Why is it that this woman it's possible for her to do that? The difference being Isr Niuf. Difference between yeah. adultery the prohibition against bowing down to an idol, which again this very same woman would give up her life not to bow down to But this other Avera that she's doing. This is also insanity, a foolishness of Klippa. Which covers up the Neshama, up to the point of Chachma. We're not going to go into this, as we discussed this earlier in Perek Up to Chachma covers, but doesn't cover Chachma itself, which is why Aved zara, a person would never do, but all other all other Avedas, it's possible for a person to do. In other words, let's put this in different words. It's an issue of perception. And it's not, it's not so much an issue of what we understand, but it's what we feel. When a person does an Aveira normally, they do not feel that they're being separated from Hashem. They don't feel that they've crossed that red line, which means that they've been cut off from Hashem. I'm still Jewish. I'm still from. I think we mentioned once with Al rebbe writes, I still, I, I still put on the uh, tefillin. I wear tzitzis, I go with a yamlaka, I daven, I keep Shabbos, I'm still, I'm still fine, I'm still connected to Hashem. We don't have that feeling that we were completely cut off. The way when a person, Chas V'shalom, bows down to a cross, then the, it's very difficult to be able to, as they say to be able to convince oneself that one still is connected to Hashem, despite the fact that you're actually doing an act which completely, completely is a repudiation and a rejection of Hashem. But that's not the truth, that's not the reality, that's perception. That's how we feel about something. And perception here is what is so important. And that's why the key is going to be to change our perception. Let's use the example of a relationship. We spoke about this, we started speaking about this last week. Thank you. As you mentioned last week, any time that a person um, offends their partner, let's talk, we're going we're, we're to use marriage as a metaphor here, because that's what we started with last week, right? Ish we, isha, um, husband and wife, is Hashem and call Yisrael. So every time that a person does something in a marriage to offend the other, effectively what's happening at this moment is they are stepping out of the relationship. They're cutting off. Now it might be temporary. It might be something small, it might be something big. And obviously there, there'll be different consequences and ramifications if it's a smaller, if it's a smaller breach or if it's a larger breach of the relationship. But every single time a person does something wrong against his or her spouse, what, th- what happens right now is the relationship has been breached. At that moment, when the person is doing it, they are not, I know these are harsh words, they're not married at that moment. I mean, Yes, technically they're married, but I'm saying at that moment, they are reneging on their marriage and they're separating. So wh- whether that's being nasty, whether that's being angry, whether that's being, uh, holding a grudge, whether that's screaming, whether that's physically abusing, whether that's being unfaithful, whatever it may be, at the moment when that happens, they have stepped out of the relationship, stepped out of the marriage. So why do we do it all the time? Because if I come home, and I am in a bad mood, and I don't address my wife with respect, my feeling is that I'm still married. I don't feel that I've crossed a red line. I don't feel that I have done uh, irreparable harm to the relationship, and that's why I allow myself to do it. Were I to be in tune with the reality of what's going on right now, which is that at this moment I'm stepping out of the relationship, and then if I consider how important the relationship is to me, I would never do that. But at this moment, the reality and my perception of things are not aligned one with another. You become a shoteh. I become a shoteh, exactly. What I'm doing is, I am throwing away that which is most valuable for me, because I'm not understanding the implications, not thinking about, or not feeling the implications of what I'm doing. Yes? Are are the rabbis making a um, comparison between our relationship or lack of relationship with Hashem, and a human relationship, a couple or two friends. The only difference is, we always say, once a Jew, always a Jew. You can't, div- you can't divorce out of that relationship. But with a couple, they can. Correct. By the time they, we finish so the period, rec- so it may be that a person thinks, I'm always going to be a Jew. So even if a person doesn't have era, I'll always be Jewish. I, there's the relationship will always be there. Oh, but that should work for avodasara also, then. That same logic should work for HaVad Zarah. Maybe it does. Does it? It doesn't. That, that millions of people over the generations have given up their lives for HaVad Zarah, even though that someone who bow, bows on the cross is still Jewish. Meaning that, was- that the notion of separating from Hashem for, for this moment, in a very conscious way, I'm not talking about the, the uh, and on an essential level, my soul remains connected to Hashem. But in a very real way, at this moment, I'm completely repudiating, rejecting Hashem, and stepping out of the relationship. is so painful, that people give, up, people give up their lives for that. So why not for an Aver? What's the difference? Why was it rampant? in you know, it's a bias? about Ba'i that the whole, that Avodah Zorah was so rampant. That's, that you lifted, that's a good you question. Been, you would have been, uh, you know, the type of Avodah uh, was so great. That's a good question, and um, you said one and one. The flip side, yeah. people would be much in that aftersh- But what happened over there? Right, right. And it's <sighs> the the pious. Yeah, it's a different topic for a different day. It's a totally different topic, but f- suffice it to say that the same people who were evda Vedazara were from Eden. Sure, then, uh, From Yidden. Okay. So, so it's it's a, yeah, it's so a, it's a right. So, apparently, they were able to resolve this issue and somehow believe that they were even, even with Avedah Zarah. But again, how that is and why that is, it's for another time. Let's go back to, to, the, to uh, the relationship uh, metaphor that we're, that we're discussing. So, let's talk about a marriage. What is the red line that people don't cross? I mean, obviously, that people cross every single red line. Well, let's talk about the, the, the average person. Adult. Okay, there's adultery. That's not the only red line. I think most people, physical abuse is, uh, is a red line. I think most people realize, most people will not lift a hand on their spouse, understanding that that's a complete red line. And if you do that, at that moment, you're not married. You've completely rejected your relationship, right? Hopefully, there are other people who uh, emotional abuse will react in the same way. How about telling a lie to, to, to one spouse? Is that a red line? Some people, yes. Some people, no. Depends what the lie, well, the, the, yeah, the, lie? the lie is. Depends what the lie is. So the po- okay, I'm not talking about a permitted for some bias. I'm talking about the deceiving, uh, deceiving the wife, not for kosher reasons, or deceiving the husband. <laughs> My point is that what we see over here is different people have different lines. And, okay, some people have no lines. but We're not talking, <laughs> we're not talking about that. But we're talking about amongst the people (coughs) who have lines, which means if you have no lines, that means the relationship doesn't mean anything to you. So that's not, we're not talking about that. Now, other there's a person who can do anything, means they don't value the relationship. They have no problem stepping out of the relationship. We're not talking about that. We're talking about a person whose relationship is important and therefore they have lines. So for some people, I think for most people coming home at the end of the day angry and maybe uh, being a little sarcastic or cold, I don't think anyone. Most most of us, for them, that's not the line. Big can probably that is a line, but in truth, well, the, the truth is that you are stepping out of the relationship, in that in that case also. But it doesn't feel that way. Again, some people can physically abuse their spouse and still feel married. It may depend if it's a one-time thing or or. A regular Maybe it's thing. a one-time. But the point is, people have different lines. People have different lines. In Yiddish what is your line in Yiddish So here we're talking about a really? How about eating at McDonald's? Anyone over here? For most of us, that's a red line. If I, Chas V'Shalom, were to go and eat something which is safe, I would feel that I'm not connected to Hashem anymore. I'm not from... Which is true, by the way. Which is true. It's 100% true. But why is it that something less of, a, of a lesser thing, I don't know, saying Lashon Hara or some other small things, that we... Because, again, where is the line? The truth is that every single Avera is Aveida Zara. I don't feel that necessarily. I don't feel it. And because I don't feel it, I'm able to do that Avera. <coughs> if I'm able to change my perception, my awareness, and my understanding, and realize every single Avera is, is, is that red line, and is really stepping out of the relationship with Hashem, if not only if I can understand it, but if I can feel it, and a person will never do an avera. We all have these arbitrary lines. Again, in our human relationships, and our relationship with Hashem, we have these arbitrary lines, and our job is to move the line all the way to the beginning. That's our job. <laughs> Top line, page 60. Aval, however, in truth, in other words, this is all a shtus. In truth, however, a avera even. A small Avera. One who transgresses, is transgressing, is going against Hashem's Ratsan. And such a person is ultimately separated from, and distant from, and cut off from. From Hashem's unity, Sitra Akhra of More than Sidra <laughs> akhra and Klipah <laughs> on the Kroim As mentioned earlier, because even the Kleepa and Sidra they never would go against Hashem's will. And now the Alter is going to take it further. Not only are we lower than Kleepah and Sidra Akhira, but the wow. We're lower than anything that receives it's highest, it's energy, from Klippa. <laughs> Sheheim behemes <is> Timaeus, <laughs> Trefa animals, v'chayis v'aifes temayim. And wild animals, and, 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 and trefa wild animals, and trefa birds, which cuts them, were, or muslim, and creepy, crawly things. As the Gemara says, yitu ish kadmach, the Gemara says, that if a person gets arrogant, the Gemara says they why? Why is it that the person is created, the last of all creations, in the sixth day? So the Gemara says, if, so if a person is behaving in any way he's supposed to be, so then we tell him, Look, everything was created beforehand, so that when you enter the scene, everything is there ready for you, because you're the, the apex of creation. creation. However, if, says, if a person gets arrogant, we turn to a person, we tell him, a mosquito, whatever kind of insect it is, precedes you. And when the Gemara says that, it means that it's not just a Stama statement, it means it. Mean, meaning to say that in a certain aspect, a person is lower than a yitush, which is why the person was created afterwards. Because if there was no truth to the statement, then what we, if a person is arrogant, you're going to tell him a lie to make him humble. Obviously there has to be some truth to it, otherwise we wouldn't say that. In which way is a yitush higher? So Dr. Rebbe is going to say, like this, a yitush represents the very lowest klipa possible. A yitush, I will translate it as a mosquito, although I'm not sure, it's some, some sort of insect, I'm not sure whether it's a mosquito or not. And why is that? Because the Gemara says, that a yitosh is machnis ve'enei which means it's the only creation that there is, which takes in, it ingests food, it doesn't relieve itself, it doesn't let anything out, it doesn't defecate, it doesn't... Whatever it takes, it absorbs and it keeps. Because it doesn't have too long of a lifespan in that case. And this idea of machnis ve'eni moitzi, it takes, but doesn't give, is emblematic and represents the absolutely lowest clipper possible. Why is that? And the mid-bar was just the opposite. And that was a bit of total for Pius Ironic. You're right. Interesting. Inter- interesting. Something to think about. We know the difference between Kedusha and will We discussed this many times. We had this in Perig Vav. The essential difference between holiness and unholiness is that holiness is butl, egoless. And klipa is defined by self-interest. Ego and self-interest. Therefore, Klipa, the the motto of klipa is have, have, give me, give me. It wants. And therefore, obviously Kedusha gives as opposed to klipa. Because Kedusha is all about betel nullification. It's not about me, so kedusha has an easy time giving. Klipa obviously has a very difficult time giving. Interestingly, however, we find that klipa also gives. There is in klipa there's also chesed. We know that Avram had a son whose name was Yisshual, and Yisshual was also chesed. Interestingly. <laughs> It's funny that Yitzchak was Gevurah, and yishmal was like his father was chesed, but still Yitzhak was more similar to his father, even though he was Gevurah and Avram was chesed, than his son was. Also. Why? Because the difference between Yitzhak and Avram were in details, chesed and Gevurah. And the difference between Yitzchak and uh, between Avram and Yisshmol was not in details, but was in essence. One was Kedusham and one was klipa. But the question remains: What is chesed of klipa? Why is klipa doing chesed? So Chizlis explained that there's two differences between the Chesed of Klipa and Chesed of Kedusha. Difference number one is that Chesed of Kedusha, when it gives, it gives of itself. It gives something which is real, something which is important. Klippa, on the other hand, it only gives a It only gives extras, that which is excess. And that's so important for us to know. You know, that, we'll, that when we give, well, we're all proud of ourselves, you have To Remember, Klippa can also give. The sign of giving of kedusha is not when you give away that which you don't need, or that which you don't want. You know, giving your secondhand hand clothes to the Salvation Army, it's nice, it's beautiful. But it, it, that's not really... some simba- of Kiddushah, you know, I, I think I maybe may, may mentioned this once, that someone once asked the Rebbe how much Staka to give. So wealthy man. He's how much does he have to give? Well, obviously he wasn't talking about Meiser, that's halacha. He was asking and the Rebbe said, that you have to give until it hurts. <laughs> that's a lot of that's he a lot of money. <laughs> <answer>. <laughs> Says, in other words, as long as it doesn't hurt, you haven't given enough. You don't have to give away everything, it wasn't, uh, doesn't say, but if, if, if you give tzedakah, but, that, but to the point where you give, it's fine, it doesn't, uh, it's the excess, so to say, you haven't given enough. You have to give until it hurts. That's a tough answer. I once heard from someone uh, He lives in Minnesota and he's from Russia, although he left Russia when he was young, I don't know, maybe 10, 15, somewhere around that age. Well, I, I, I heard the story from him, it's going back probably around um, 20, 22 years ago. At that time he was probably 45 or something, but he had left Russia in his youth. I don't know exactly when. At that time, he said still that when, if he's in his house and someone knocks on the door, it's unexpected. He still gets, he still gets scared. In other words, back from the yeah. times in Russia, that's how, that's the impact that it, those days had on him. There was a chassid whose name was Berkechem. He was a chassid in Russia. Eventually he, he got out of Russia. And he was arrested for, you know, along with many other hundreds and thousands of Lubavitches for teaching Torah and for uh, operating underground network of yeshivas and mikvahs and that kind of stuff. And then at a certain point he was released but the KGB was looking for him again. He needed a place to hide. So this person who I spoke to, so his parents, they lived uh, either in Samarkand or Tashkent, I don't remember, one of those cities. <coughs> so they took him in. They took him to this For a year. Okay, we all do a chanas right? Why? Because we have a nice guest room. There is no guest room in Russia. <laughs> so where did he sleep? In his parents' bedroom. And the parents slept in the dining room. <coughs> they, for a year, for a year, they gave up their bedroom and slept with the kids in the dining room, or in the... whatever, the, the, the house had two rooms. There was, uh, you know, one room with the kitchen, dining room, living room, everything, and then there was the bedroom. They gave up the bedroom for him, because the KGB was looking for him. He even said that, in fact, that this Chassid's wife, Berkus Hain's wife, would sometimes come during the day. She didn't know where her husband was. They wouldn't tell her, because they were scared that if she knew, the, the KGB could, um, could, yeah, could force it out of her, that information so she but she was friends with this guy's mother so she would come sometimes and cry to, to her mother that uh, she doesn't know where her husband is now her husband was in the next room in the bedroom <laughs> and and she's crying to, to this lady that she doesn't know where her husband is and the, you know, the lady obviously just commiserated and didn't say anything um well, the, the story to me i remember it was just you know it, 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 ma- it makes it makes us so humble when we realize if it doesn't you know Kedusha means to give, not just to give that which is not meaningful, <coughs> but to give, and like I said, to give until it hurts. So that's one rule. Yes, Klipa also can give, but when Klipa gives, it's not anything primary; it's not anything important. It gives that which is unimportant. To it. That's rule number one. Rule number two is kedusha gives to everyone. And Klipa gives to those to whom it is close. You know, we have all we have circles. If we're at the center of the circle, then we have families, a circle, concentric circles, and around it you have friends and neighborhood, and right? And we, how much do we give? The closer the person is, the more we give. And something which is far away, we don't give anything. But Not we, doing good, what? An- I understand. An- but that's because Torah says, but at the end of the day, if you bump into someone who you don't know, or someone who you don't like, at the end of the day, you have to be, you have to Israel, giving doesn't only mean money. That means that we're, we're giving of ourselves and we're helpful because we're buttholes. So Klipa gives only to those in its, in its circle. Actually, this idea is even expressed in this week's parasha. <coughs> it's very interesting. Moshe Rabbeinu is chosen, is chosen to take the Yidin out of, out of Mitzrayim. Why? Why was he chosen? Very little information about Moshe Rabbeinu. The Torah doesn't give us too much information about him. He's this eighty-year-old shepherd, and he's chosen. But the truth is, the Torah does tell us a few small things about Moshe Rabbeinu, and these are very indicative. We know the first thing we know about Moshe Rabbeinu is <coughs> that he bumps into um, about, you know. he bumps into an Egyptian who's uh, hitting a, a yid, and he goes and he saves him. And then the next story we hear, you know, that two Yid are, are fighting with each other, and he goes and he rebukes one of them. The next story is that he goes to Midian and he stands up for the women of uh, the daughters of, of Yisrael. The next thing we know, he becomes a shepherd. And if you think into it, we have a progression over here a real progression. Four, four things and it's a progression. And really, other than that, we don't know anything about Moshe. In other words, other than these four things I just said, Terry doesn't tell us anything about his greatness or about. Uh, I love Adam. <coughs> doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. That's That's, yeah. It's Balo Isha. Yeah. That's the no, it's some Shri but it's the Parshas Baaloyzcha. It's later. Oh, later. oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's later, much later. Yeah, And the Parshas Baaloyzcha. So, the first thing we see is Moshe Rabbeinu, who is a prince. He grows up in the royal palace. He sees two yidin. Sorry, he sees a Yid being beaten. He doesn't know who this Yid is. Or well, that's not someone in his circle. But still, he goes and he comes to, of his ways, yeah. he goes out of his way mm-hmm. and jeopardizes his life, his position in the palace. In other words, if he finds out they killed kill an Egyptian to save uh, a persecuted uh, uh, Hebrew slave, to help this yid. This is giving, and by the way, not only giving Moistures, we're not talking about giving small stuff, but giving to someone who is distant from who he was. Wasn't his father, wasn't his brother. Wasn't in the circle of friends. The next day, what do we see? The Meshah walks out and he sees two Yidin fighting with each other. But these aren't some to Yidin. As you said, these are Dasan and Raviram. these are Rishoyim. Rasha mm-hmm. La Yeah. Rasha. So these people are more distant from him, even though the taqa, the person the day before also was Dasan. But at that point he wasn't a Russia. At that point he was being he was being a persecuted, Yidin. Uh, persecuted yid. Now he lifts up his hand. And it's a rasha, you don't get more distant from from Meshrabeinu, right? And still he mixes in and he's there to do the mitzvah of which other which is also obviously so. Because if you you know if you don't care about someone, why would you do he didn't do it out of uh, malice, he did it out of love. What's the consequence for him? He gets found out and he has to run away. His life was put in danger and he runs away. He arrives in Midian. Now we're talking about a different country. This is not even, not people. He sees a bunch of girls being persecuted. You'd think that by now he'd have learned his lesson not to stick his nose into other people's business. <laughs> because, what? He would not jump in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, re- he already learned what happens when you, when you, when you, when you mix into a business which doesn't belong to you. You get yourself in trouble. And at least over there was a Yid. This is Goyim here. This is Goyim. What do I care that these girls are being uh, are being harassed over here? What's I'm in I'm a, I'm a strange land, I, had, I have no connections, nothing. He doesn't know of anything. It doesn't make a difference how distant they are from him. He's there to give, he's there to help. Ayakam, Moshe, Vayeshiya, and Moshe gets up and he helps them. And they thought he's Egyptian because they say... That's correct. One of us. And then finally, what was, the, what was the final final blow, as you would say, he becomes a shepherd. And we know, as the Medrash says, that Hashem looks, and he saw the way he was a shepherd, the way he took care of the sheep, and the way he would make sure that each, so each type of sheep got the, the, right, uh, the right grass that it needed. And now he ran 40 days after a sheep that, uh, that ran away. You don't get a, a more richuk than this, something which is more distant than this. And Hashem says, this is Kedusha. That's the guy. This is the guy I want because Kedusha is about giving, and not only giving, but giving Berichuk, to someone who is to someone or something that is distant from you. As opposed to klipa, which is everything is close to the belt. This Matash Shabbos is the yard site of the Balatanya, the Alter Rebbe. So a little, uh, little story about the Alter Reb is in order. There was a host of the Alter Rebbe. I just don't remember his name. Unfortunately, I heard the story several times, I don't remember the name. But we're not talking about a famous chassid. actually of a simpler type. We'll see soon how simple. And this chassid had a business. He was a merchant, he sold merchandise. There was another yid in the city, who was his competitor. Who informed on him to the government falsely that he was um, guilty of tax evasion and selling uh, contraband items that were not uh, that were not taxed, and this cost this costed his entire business and obviously much aggravation. Ultimately, however, he got back on his feet financially. But this other yid, who was the bad guy, who was the bad guy, the he lost his business, he lost his money, and not only that, he became very ill. So one day, this chasda v'alta he goes to be mavaker goes to the chayla, and. Um, He sat for a little while and spoke to him, and he left. And shortly after he left, the wife of this sick person found 400 rubles that he had left in an envelope. Mm -hmm. It's a large sum of money. To this person, he left it for this person who was, uh, it caused him so much trouble. This chassid died young. And the Alter Rebbe came to be Menachem Ovel, his father. In other words, his father was still alive. When he came to Menachem Ovel, the Alter Rebbe told the father, you should know, that yesterday I saw your son in a very high place. And I asked him, how did you get here? Because he was a he wasn't uh, he wasn't a big Tamad Chachem. He wasn't. Uh, he was a, more of a poshter. And he answered me. He said, Rebbe, you're asking me that question. It says in the pasuk, Tzdaka goi." Tz'daka uplifts a nation. In other words, because of the tzdaqa that he gave, yeah. he was yeah. to that high madrigan Gan Eden. So it's, again, this is an example of giving berichuk. And when you give, it's not just about it's not just about what you—it's not only about what you give. Who are you giving to? Also, when the kedusha gives indiscriminately, not even to the people who aren't close. And actually, the a similar story that I heard from a friend of mine, my age, lives in Crown Heights, and he had a father who—he um, had a father who was in Russia. And his father was, put to, was also uh, was put in jail in Russia also, as a bacher, came out after many, after many years, came out of Russia. His father already isn't alive for about 15, 20 years. Also, a simple chassid, actually, without a beard. Simple, you'll see soon how simple. And again, he was, he was, in, he was in, in prison or in labor camps in Russia for quite a few years, again, as was any Lubavitchers of the time. In 19, 1990, after the, um, the Iron Curtain fell, so the son, he went to Russia. And at that time, all the files became available. All the KGB were able to get the files the, of anyone who was arrested. I think we spoke about this once, Alter Ebbis files, but anyone. Anyway. So he went to Russia and he got his father's files, his father's KGB file he got it translated and he was in shock because in the file it stated who was the informant who informed upon his father who was another hasid i mean it's difficult to judge by the way because you have to realize the pressure that these informants were on also but not only that it was a person who was a good friend of his father's Till this day, in other words, in other words, in fact, every single year on Purim, his father would go and give him a big shalach manas and sit down and say Lahaim with him and do it for And this person, he was, one. was the informant who 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 put his father uh, in jail. He was in shock. He came back from Russia with the file, and he told his father. I got the file from KGB for you. Father was very not interested in seeing it. Uh, I don't want it. Oh. Here, here it is. Gave him, gave him the file. His father takes the file in his hand and tells his son, do me a favor, go get me something <laughs> Comes back three minutes later. There's a fire in the sink. His father had just burned burned the whole, burned the whole file. I mean, the father knew. Father knew all along exactly who he was, and he told his son. He says, "Don't think I didn't know." He says, "The reason why I go there every year is to show him that I don't have anything any grudge right? any grudge against him Sh- for no. that." That's a big. That's, to, <laughs> that's this is a person a person who I know uh, again and about uh, his father. But that's a chassid. A, a um, is, is someone who Kadusha This is Is someone. It's not, it's oh, being nice to someone who is nice to you. Those who are of close, that's nice. But Kidusha gives Betachless HaRichok, even the people who are furthest away from you. So again, Kidusha gives, and the two rules of Kidusha is number one. It gives not only the moisture, not only the leftovers, it gives substantive. And it gives also very far away. Let's take a look at the Yitush now. Back to the Yitush, back to the mosquito. It, takes. it only takes, it doesn't give. What doesn't it give? It doesn't give the it doesn't give Nothing. the garbage. In other words, what is it refusing to give? It's the lowest clipper because clipper also gives. But what does it give? It defecates. Yitush is such a horrible clippet, such a low clipper, it doesn't give anything. Not only do, not like other clippers that will give, but will give the leftovers that which it doesn't need anymore after it finished processing everything that which it doesn't need. The Yitush doesn't give anything. Yes. How does it figure into your example that mosquito usually would give a disease West Nile? Zika has that figure to resemble. So, first of all, I don't know if a Yitush is a mosquito. I'm not sure about that. Oh, not sure. But I don't know if giving a virus is called giving. We mm-hmm. <laughs> give something mm-hmm. to the person a bites. I hear that. I, I don't know if that, con- that uh, constitutes okay. as, as giving. If, if, if person A shoots person B, can we say person A gave person B a bullet? Good a good, answer? Answer. good answer. Okay. Well, yeah. all right, which king, I don't remember, that Yitush went to his. Kitos. That's where the Gemara says that right. says, Hashem says, I'm going to take a Bria Kala, so a very insignificant Bria. And the Gemara says, why is it insignificant? It's so the Gemara Kitten Because it takes in and it doesn't give out. Yeah. The, the word there is also a Yitush. Mm-hmm. Some people translate it as a Gnat. I don't even know what a Gnat is. Anyone ever seen a Gnat? No, Gnat. The G is silent? silent. silent. Uh, okay. Gnats like a little, uh, like a, almost like a fruit fly that flies around. Okay, whatever maybe. Like, so see. let's look inside. So again, if a person does, if a person gets all arrogant, what do we tell him? Yitush kadmach. Yitush is more important than you. Pirush af yitush. Shamach nesveni maitzeh, even a yitush, which takes in and doesn't give out. Shiklipa yeser Now that is the very lowest level of klipa, because it doesn't give at all. mebechinis <speaking in> It is distant. From Kiddusha ha mashpas betach Why? Because must in a Kiddusha gives even to the farthest distance. So there's nothing more antithetical to Kidusha than a Yitush. It doesn't give at all. Forget about it doesn't give um, far. It doesn't even give close. And it doesn't even give the moisture, the waste it doesn't give. Even the Yitush, chidemas li'ish is more is more, is, is more important. Proceeds the person who does an avera. Bistal shalos v'yridas Miratsan miratzan ha'elyn When it comes to the the energy received from Hashem at that moment, the kolshkin is certainly shabal chaim Certainly, the person is lower than other Trefa animals. Afilo chayis even of um, even terrible uh, terrible animals even though they're, they're predatory, they are do, predatory, they don't do any different than what their purpose is. And the command of Hashem, they always observe. Even though they obviously have no idea. They're not trying to serve Hashem, but their neshama, they're, um, their nefesh, their spiritual source keeps them in line at all times. So the person is low, who doesn't have Veira is lower than Ayitush, because ultimately Ayitush, although it's the lowest klipa, Stone. it'll never go against Hashem's will. That person who doesn't have Veira is even more distant and separate and cut off from Hashem, because at this moment, you're going against Hashem's will. And as the Pasuk says, okay. Hashem told Adam and that your fear, Will be upon all the animals. So, why is it that there are animals that don't fear human beings? That an animal cannot um, cannot uh, control a person, cannot uh, have any dominion over a person. Unless it appears like an animal. You think we have behemoth? who that Salam the divine image, never leaves their face, called is Yisroes and Kamayu. All Chay Roy's are bottled to them, are subjugated to them. K'meshekos of Bezayar, right? K'meshekos of Bezayar, as says, be Daniel regarding the story of Daniel, the Gei Varayus, who was cast into the lion's Then The Rebbe writes in his Yershimas, in his diary, a story he heard from his father-in-law who said it in the name of the Rebbe Marash, the fourth Lubav HaTshirema, that the Eir once needed to travel. So he traveled in a caravan, and before he left on the journey, he made up with the, the leader of the caravan that they would stop for Shabbos. Comes along Friday afternoon, and obviously he probably also paid extra money that they should stop for Shabbos. Comes though Friday afternoon, and the guy says, you know, uh, I changed my mind. We're going. Now, according to Allah, obviously, he definitely could have continued along with them because uh, this there's no greater pikuach List him, water, getting lost, and you're in, alone in the desert. There's almost a certain um, <laughs> death sentence, right? The animals out there. But this is the Haim HaKadosh. And he said, okay, So they kept on going. And there was a lion King. Oh, uh, you know the story. So he <laughs> stayed behind. <laughs> Friday night, a lion comes by. So this is part of the story you probably didn't know. The Rebbe writes, he lifted up his titus and he pulled on his pants and he showed the lion his bris as a symbol that no Averis ever happened with his bris. And the lion got down on, on, its, uh, on its four feet and it stayed there till after Shabbos. And after Shabbos, their Chaim climbed onto the lion and it took him, his destination. Took him to the back to the caravan. Back. And when the leader, when the caravan saw the Erechaim <laughs> <And the laughs> approaching, riding the lion, uh, they felt a little bad, and they told the Ur-Khaim that uh, they'll be stopping next Shabbos, and that's uh, that's what happened. This is uh, a tzaddik who um, animals um, are, aren't scared, animals are scared of them. Okay. What year was our Erechaim The Ur-Khaim lived approximately three hundred years ago. Right. Famous, the that wanted to go to Eretz Yisrael to meet the Eirechayim, and the uh, tradition is that had that happened, Moshiach would have come, but it was was, it it was blocked? T- yes. What about the the where get uh, and the mare was dominating and the snake wrapped itself around like it didn't bite him? Catch someone? It rings a bell. What? It oh. it rings a bell. <laughs> no, the, the, the Rebbe on this page peric- uh, over here, he asked a question. There's another matter. Remember, where so a certain Amira was going somewhere, and a lion appeared, and he died, and then a miracle happened, and the two b- big slabs of meat came not from heaven for the animal. So the Rebbe says, Vitzarachim. Why did, in other words, the fact that the slabs of animal had to come down, uh, slabs of meat had to come down, signifies that he was in some sort of danger which was only uh, averted because of the meat. Why was he in danger? Ever says, it doesn't, doesn't give an answer. They got a because, Sorry? Uh, they the award, because the, uh, they watch uh, the, they, say that the meat was the reward for the animals, for yeah, not the, friend, I you get, there we go. It's a possible answer. regarding the or somebody else? No, 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 no it's a story else. in the Gemara. Gemara. Yeah. And if so, if there's someone who sins and goes against Hashem's will, I feel the avera kalla. Even if it's a, a, a relatively um, light mitzvah, b'shas meisa at that moment when he's doing the avera, who betachus kedusha liyena, is ultimately removed from the kedusha of Hashem. She yuchude lachdu siyisbarach in Hashem's unity. Yaser mekol balechayim matmei more than all three for animals who scabs them with a and insects and, uh, and rodents, although they receive their energy from Sita Akhra and Avedazara. But now we're going to have a question. The premise of the Alter Rebbe over here in this paper is that every Avera constitutes a complete an absolute Separate. separation. Severance and separation from Hashem's unity, like Avedasara. In which case, all Avedas really are of equal gravity. The problem with that assertion is I think I'm, someone mentioned it last week, I don't remember who, is that we find that certain Avedas are more. Are more uh, stringent, and the, for, um, starting with the fact that there are three Averas about which we say, va'al <laughs> right? Um, that we have to uh, we, ha- we have to be willing to die rather than to transgress them. One of them, obviously, being aveid <laughs> Whereas all other all other mitzvahs, we say about them, We're supposed to do that avera and not not uh, not be killed. For the for the commission of an avera, there's a machleik as we know whether are we allowed to uh, do, do a nefesh for a mitzvah or for another one of the mitzvahs or not. But either way, we definitely see over here a hierarchy that pikuach is doicha kala is doicha all the with the exception of the exception of these three mitzvahs so the three averas. So how can you say that every single avera is tantamount to when we see that the teira Places of like this are on a pedestal and it's a different, uh, it's in a different category altogether. Insight. <laughs> the fact that pikuach nefesh um, overrides other averes. And one is supposed to commit an Aveira not to be killed. Which is a problem. If every affair is of a desire, the logical outcome should be that a person should go on Messirah's for nafesh for any affair. That should be the logical outcome. person uh, should go on Messirah's Nefesh, not t person is not thing as Hatzalah driving at Shabbos. What does that mean? So It's a Hillel Shabbos. So a person will die. Okay. Every Aved uh, should be Yarek V'Yahver. Shouldn't that be the logical conclusion? I know it sounds strange to us, but that would be the logical conclusion. Mm-hmm. Says the author of the Rebbe Ha'inu, K'Pirish Chazal, this is as, the, as Chazal tell us, M'sechtah Shabbos Amra Teyram, Chalei The Teyrah tells us, the machal one Shabbos, so as not, so, as the person should be able to keep many Shabbatim afterwards. So, what does this mean? This means the fact that I can be mechalal Shabbos to save a yid's life is not because a yid's life is more important than Shabbos, but it's due to the importance of Shabbos. The Chaim actually says this. The Chaim says, when I'm Shabbos, tell Shabbos, it's not that there's two values, conflicting values. There's Shabbos. And there's a Yid's life. And we say that the Yid's life is more important. No. Shabbos itself tells me, go be Mechal Shabbos because I want that Yid to keep me in Acts Shabbos. And the same is true. I mean, the, this idea uh, applies to every mitzvah. It's not that we're weighing the mitzvah against the life and saying the life takes precedence. What we're doing is the mitzvah, in this case, the mitzvah says, I want you to transgress me. Because it's for my benefit, I'd rather that once I be transgressed, so that a person afterwards should be able to do me many times. But it's more than that, because if you make Shabbos on him and you keep the next Shabbos, you do all the other mitzvot too, not only Shabbos. So it's much bigger. Correct effect. So this has nothing to do with this. This avera is a lesser avera. And this avera is a bigger it. No, nothing to do. The reason why you're allowed to be Mikhail Shabbos for a Yid is not because the avera is any less uh, significant or any less uh, important. It's simply because there's a logical um, argument to be made over here that it's more important to save the Yid so you can do more mitzvahs afterwards. And now the Altireb is going to bring ray. Now we're going to see the nigla aspect of the altar. We don't get to see that so often in Taniya. I'll bring your proof. Shareim, Shabbiz, Chamurah, Shkulah, Kavidah, Zahar, in Shechit, Asmum, El, Be Echad. Be'yir, De'ya, Semen, A shaykhet, we know that a is supposed to be a Yerushamayim. That's the ideal. You don't want shaykhet, you'd rather not a shaykhet who does averis. But what if there is a shaykhet who does averis? Does that disqualify him from being a shaykhit, does that, in other words, to put it in simple words, is such a shaykhitah, is a treif, is a kosher. So the answer is, that if a, a, if a shaykhit is a mumer, in other words, he's a person who does an avera, certain avera he does. We're not talking about chasr shalom, a mumer l'hachas. we're not talking about that he does it, uh, he's a mumer, what's called a mumer l'tiyav. in other words, he does it because he has a taiva, not because he's trying to, to rebel. So he's a, if he's a mumer to any one avera, it's only one avera, then his schitah is still kosher, a with the exception of two mitzvahs, yeah. two averas. A, yeah. a mumer yeah. l'avayd azara. Uh, the sheikh uh, worships avayd Zara, So even if uh, even if he does every other mitzvah that there is, this is his one weakness, avayd Zara. Mm-hmm. Then he's apostle. And the same thing is if he's a mumer l'chilul shabbos. If he does every single mitzvah, but the exception of he's mechal shabbos. So the also the shchita is treif. Mashenkin be mumer legili What if he's a mumer legili arayis? He's a mumer. Yeah. He's megala arayis. He has illicit relationships. His shchita is kosher. I don't know if it's mahuder, <laughs> 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 but, it's, but, but it's technically kosher. It's not kosher. But this is a strange thing over here. Because if we're operating under the premise that the three worst averus that there that there are is avvik, there's other gilirai shvich So then I have a very simple kalachemer to make. Madok of a person's machal shabbos, then his then then his shchita is treif. So for sure, if he's megala ra'yis, which gilirai ra'yis is one of the three big Averis, then for sure it has to be treif. Not so. Not so. So what is this proof to us? It proves to us that the fact that these three Averas are, are your Yavr is not because they're more chamar. Because if it was more chamar, if it was more... What's the word I'm looking for? What's chamar in English, no? Stringent, strict. Stringed. 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 Stringed strict. If it was a, a worse Avera, then then you would say, obviously, the shechita has to be traif. So obviously, it's not worse Avera, it's not a more... So then the big question comes, no? Yeah, Yavra. <coughs> so why you heard value right? It's like a country. So I feel still pikuach nefesh deicheshabb is and still we say the what? That pikuach nefesh is deikh shabbis villa gilais. This is a strange thing. On the one end, when it comes to shit, we find Shabbos is so to say the more important one. But when it comes to pikuach nefesh, so Shabbos gets shoved aside, but not Gilearis. Ella? It's a tremendous khidish doctor over here. The a Sakasov who? It's a Xaira Sakasov. What's a Xer Sakasov? That these three are is the hard val You know that's question. The fact that these three are we have to be willing to die rather than be behavior them, it's not logical. It's a Xaira Sakasov. Why? <laughs> because logically, the same logic of Khalil Shaba Khalil love Shabas Ahas. Kedesh Yishmer Shabbat says, logically, that logic should apply also. Maybe not so much. Maybe you can't apply that logic. You can't say, okay, kill the persons, I shouldn't kill other people. But maybe, but maybe that's something which is logical. But al the point over here we, is like this. The truth is that this is a, it's a huge Chidus and it's not necessarily everyone agrees with Al-Tareb. Al-Tareb is saying, really? Every single Aveda you should be able to be over, in order to be able to afterwards fulfill that the rest of tayraya mitzvahs afterwards. And it's not because the it's not because any particular Aveda is unimportant. There's nothing to do with relative importance. It simply has to do with the fact that the mitzvahs that you sh- that you'll be able to do afterwards. Right, because Khalil love Shabbos ahaz So why is it that we have three Avedas, Yaharak Valyavr? Yavr, akasov? And it's not because they're more Hamar. It's not because they're essentially worse. Because ultimately, every single Aveira is Aveda Zara, a separation from Hashem. So there is no logic to distinguish between these three and all the others in terms of Yeharag Valyavr. It's So Gezeras akasov. ultimately, they're all separating from Hashem. They're all very bad. And all, on the other hand, we can, by every single one of them, we can argue. So why over here don't we use that or apply that argument? But ultimately, every single avera is 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 of the Yeah. But that leads us to another question. Okay, so we answered the harder Why is it that certain averas that a person does? And nothing happens. Some are various, Karis. Some are various, Mrs. Bezdem. If they're all the same thing, shouldn't they all have the same punishment or non punishment, whatever it may be? And that's a question we will address to Mr. Shem in this coming week.